0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hi, I'm Jules von Hepp.
0: Hello, I'm
2: Sarah Powell.
1: And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because
2: we all wobble
1: on this episode of wobble we have gina martin now gina is an incredible activist and author gina lobbied for the act of upskirting to be illegal She is an incredible aura and energy to be around and she's very real and very open. It's an incredible conversation that definitely left us feeling inspired.
2: Absolutely, she's incredible. She's just about to release her book, Be the Change, which is all about activism. It's all about making those changes and it doesn't have to be a law change, you know? As she says, it can be something that you want to change within your community, within your school, within work, all that kind of stuff. So it was an absolute honour to have her We're both a bit in love with her, I think, actually, now. And here's Gina. I want to dive straight in with the post your I think you posted it last night on Instagram um which was about your food baby yes right and I loved it like honestly it spoke to me so much the thing that you put was being at peace about my body would be thinking about it less it was never about my body in the first place it was all about my head yes amen Amen. first of all I I just want to say oh my gosh so first of all I want to say thank you because I think you talking about your body in that way allows all of us to think differently about our bodies. I just wanted to know why it was so important to you to post that and, and for that message.
3: I think because I have to be honest with myself, I really don't want to be someone that's online that is like held up as this perfect remarkable person all the time. And I think it's really important for me to talk about how I'm feeling at that moment. And I'd just gone out and had the most delicious meal with Jordi partner. We went to this vegan restaurant where they do like loads of diner food. When we ordered it, we were like, can we get that much? She was like, no, yeah, yeah you can get anything you want. But there was like three trays of food. And we just devoured and smashed all and really had the best mm-hmm. night. <laughs> back. It was so good.
2: Yeah. And then <laughs> I love the, the misty sad. eyed look of it, was really good. It's like romance to me food. I love <laughs> yes. it.
3: Um, and then we got home and we we're both on the sofa, like groaning. My boyfriend's like Joey from Friends, like he's just is obsessed with food. And I went into the bathroom and I went for a wee. And then I was looking in the mirror. And the first thing I did when I looked in the mirror was being like, oh, look, my stomach is really bloated. And like oh, automatically had that kind of like guilty feeling. Yeah. And I think I've had that guilty feeling. I think most women and lots of people have had that kind of feeling around guilt for a long time because we're taught to be guilty guilty about indulgence for some stupid reason. I had Florence Gibbons t-shirt on who's a friend of mine that said like women don't know you pretty at the time when I had the belly and I was like looked at my belly I was like that's actually quite cute <laughs> I looked at my picture and I was like yes I'm so bored of that stuff and it was really important for me just to say it because I think as well, like I've I've considered the narrative about body positivity and that as the phrase, not even as the movement, but I've considered the narrative to be like I either loathe my body like I did when I was younger, or I love it and I'm adore it and I'm so proud of it and I get it out all the time. And actually, I I sit somewhere in
2: between that, which I think most people do. Yeah. Me too. Yeah,
1: and it's not I, you know, I think it's not about being body positive. 24 seven fifty two. 52 yes. but it's just trying to lean more that way than the other. Yeah,
2: but that, that is a misunderstanding, which mm. I've had. My old story has always been, hate my body, hate my body, don't want to look down. And actually, I'm like, oh, God, now I've got to n- turn that ship all the way around to get to the place where I'm like, oh, my God, I love every yes. tiny bit of it. I love all of it. So, yeah, that's why I appreciated your post so much to go, oh, great. I haven't got to get there. That's no, not the I goal. that's no. true. And yeah. I think
3: that, you know, the people who are really at peace with their bodies are the people for which their body isn't the biggest subject and for which they don't feel the most. There's other things going on and I just think in the past couple of years because I, like I said in the post, I used to be really fit and in my early 20s I went six times a week and I almost had a six pack and I was always at gym and I loved it and I was, yes, healthier than I am now and I could walk up escalators without wanting to literally die. But... <laughs> Auburn
1: is the worst. Oh
2: my God. <laughs> they are such big West steps. Westminster's got they, they are massive You've steps. got little legs. They're
3: <laughs> yeah. The worst. But yeah, so thinking about less feels to me like a really healthy place to be like, I'm thinking about other stuff and it's just not here in my mind
2: because you th- you talk so much about body positivity you do and i think
3: that's given me permission because i haven't posted about my body before i think that's why because of reading your stuff as well
2: i think with
1: body posy it's about um just being really open about everything like i loved that post because you were like i'm bloated but i've had a really good night and yeah. that's okay yeah. i think you don't have to be happy in your body all the time and how you talked about exercise and working out and it was that life but now you have a different life and th- Both of them are okay. Yes, yes. But I love what you said just then about if it's not the center of your thoughts and it's not the center of your attention, then it means that you're coping with life and you're dealing with all other walks of life rather than just focusing completely on your body. Yeah. Like, bodies change day in, day out, and they... gonna what your body is today isn't necessarily what it's going to be in two months time so there's no point hating it consistently and I think as well there's so much negative manifesting like I hate my thighs. If you say that every single day then of course you're going to hate your thighs but if you just shift it to like talking more positively about yourself and accepting what your body is doing for you.
2: Yeah I think that's a really important point. Accepting what your body does not what it looks like. Yes Yes. you know there's been so much particularly around uh, the conversation around periods for example, that reversal from it being shameful and secretive to actually going, Oh my God, like this is an unbelievable thing that a body can do. It can produce people for God's sake. (laughs) You know? Like and it but it is kind of shifting that around or going, look how (laughs) look I can go up these big steps on this escalator. And just yeah, if you can switch to that, that's huge. And that's a hard
3: thing to do, I think only because that's the dream isn't it? I think that is the absolute dream and I just, you're kind of unlearning and you're unpicking literally years of the only message being focus on what your body looks like because that's your value. Yeah. So you're, you're literally doing therapy going through like the last 20 odd years of trying to get rid of some of that, the effect of those messages in some way Yeah. but if we can get there in a small way it can have a transformative effect on your life I think. Yeah. I've, I've noticed the difference in my purpose and my confidence in the last two years just because of this that you know helps me walk around every day and, and helps me run and play and wrestle and. boy friend and do all the wonderful things but this just isn't the focus of my attention anymore it's so much more it's so much more liberating for me to be excited about learning or excited about experiences or like I never I can't think of one moment where I've looked in the mirror about body and was glad afterwards
2: that I'd pain myself over it yes such a wasted amount of time you know god and it's so much energy isn't it it's so much headspace and it's exhausting actually if you're constantly in that cycle and I always talk about the waiting room so placing yourself in the position of well when I change this about my body when my thighs are smaller then I'll like them when I've lost weight, then I can wear nice clothes or then I can enjoy this. And it's a really dangerous place because a waiting room can, oh my God, it can last for years. That is such a
3: great way of putting it because that's such a visual that now you'll think about. Yeah, yeah. you just waiting sat room, there with a crap magazine life, waiting. Yes. With a crap waiting. <laughs> It's always a crap magazine. It's always from like it's five always years ago. It's some
1: bullshit mag. <laughs> and you're just waiting reading that gossip column. <laughs> from
3: two years ago. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> reading about Katie Price's marriage in 2015. Yeah. I also think it's, <laughs> yeah. about,
1: it's about being in the present and it's yes. about being right in that moment of like this is what it is now but yes. when you, I call them the wardrobe meltdowns and like it can come at any point when something just doesn't quite fit or if you if you are feeling bloated or if you did have that meal the night before and you, you just look in the mirror and you try something on that maybe is a bit snug mm. and the meltdown starts yeah. and nothing's right and nothing works and you either have the choice to stay in the room and go onto the spiral of doom or you just break the cycle and leave and I always put on like so elasticate true. anything with elastic in it leave have a green smoothie for lunch and just get over it. Yeah, that, that yeah. Like, or
2: have a burger. In my case, oh, no, I need the <laughs> green smoothie because it's so healthy yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. healthy,
1: and then yeah. it like brings me back. But don't like my, marinate in the. Yeah, yes. don't marinate.
2: Oh, yeah. oh
3: what a Mar- vision! I love, my, I love the word marinate. I <laughs> marinate really too good much. because yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm going to use
2: marinate more. I mean, he's waiting for more. God, we're learning so much today. guys <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love Swap it. and share. <laughs> yeah, isn't that's it? It. Look, let's go. Let's go right back to because I want to talk about the petition. The fact that you. You changed the law, Gina. I mean, let's, it's you know, amazing. it is amazing because I think so many people have campaigns that they're really passionate about. They start petitions mm-hmm. even, you know, and, and especially now this sort of climate, there's so much to sort of get involved with yeah. and 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 really important causes. And there's there's a difference between that and actually getting a fundamental change in the law. So how did that process start for you? So that was July 2017. So I was at
3: British Summertime Festival, which I still can't say after all this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was waiting for a band to come on stage with my sister and a group of guys who were hitting on me. But there's like ten of them. But two of them were being a bit weird, and they were continually hitting on me. And I kept saying no. And then I started to get angry. And then he made a really awful joke, and I commented back something really cutting back to him. And he obviously grew kind of angry at me because he put his phone between my legs and took <gasps> photos of my of my skirt of my crotch. But he sent them to all the guys around him because they were sort of you know when you feel someone like laughing people laughing at you. Yeah. You have no idea why. I was like, well, that's weird. And then I looked in front of me and one of the guys was standing in front of me and I kind of looked around the side of him and he was on his phone and he'd been sent the pictures of my crutch on WhatsApp and he was like laughing at them and they were all they all had them. So I kind of grabbed the phone off him and held it up and got it away from him and started shouting about what he'd done and he like grabbed me and we got into a fight. And then some people in the crowd, some guys were like, I was just, he was shaking me and I couldn't get away from him. So these, And these guys were like, looked at me and they were like, run. And they like pushed him and I like ran through the crowd to the security and gave the phone in. He ran after me. So I handed him in and the pictures were on the phone. Police came and then separated us and then looked at the pictures and then said, um, yeah, we have they show more than you want them to show. But they're not a graphic image because you're wearing knickers. So there's nothing we can do. Sorry. And then just let us carry on with our night. I don't even think they kicked him out. And I spent the rest of the night like, trying to dance and just like, pretty much just devastated. And then went home and they closed the case and I looked into the law. I was like, hang on a second. I know that obscure pictures are part of the weird, insidious part of the kind of porn culture on the internet, like mm. non-consensual photos. Mm. I know that's the thing. There's no way there's no regulations against that. Like what if I was like a kid? Like what's going on here? So I looked it up and found out that they'd been illegal in tef- in Scotland for ten years, um, but they weren't a sexual offence in England, Wales, and in loads of countries all over the world. Every single country with this kind of legislation is different because it's digital technology and the law ha- just hasn't caught up with it. So I spent about three weeks desperately researching that current laws. What I really wanted it to be like. Now I started a social media campaign. I had a picture of the guys on the phone behind me by chance. I'd taken a selfie with my sister and they were behind me. I found it on my phone. I put it on Facebook and was like, share this around. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Instagram. I said, everyone to share it was smashing it everywhere and then Facebook got in contact and was like you have to take that picture down because that's harassment because you put a picture of them up and I was like they've got a photo of, they've got photos of my crotch and that's not harassment but me put a picture of them on Facebook like <laughs> yeah. this is I just got so oh, angry yeah. I'm angry
1: listening oh to this. oh my
3: that. god yeah. I was just yeah, I was so angry. And then I started a big social media campaign, a petition. Then I started meeting up with lawyers and law firms. Got a lawyer called Ryan Whelan, who's now a great friend. And we were backed by their law firm, which is global. And then we came up with a political strategy and a media campaign. And then we went into parliament and lobbied the government for two years and then worked with them to fit, to get two bills through that eventually changed the law. But that's the short version of the story. <laughs> yes, there
2: was a lot there. there <laughs> and was such a complex. I we went to court. And I, I then hope you can edit years, that. Good luck. Was, yeah. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. It's so much. Just tell us exactly how the law changed and what is now illegal. Okay, so previously it wasn't a sexual offence. You could only
3: um, prosecute with like an old common law that didn't really work. And so now um, upskirting is a sexual offence under the Sexual Offences Act 2003, section 67. And um, it basically means that if you are upskirted, so if someone operates equipment uh, under your clothes of your body that would otherwise be covered by clothes, so if you've chosen to cover an area and that area is photographed, then you go to the police and you say, I've been upskirted, I know it's a sexual offence have anonymity so you're protected so more people can come forward and there's a range of punishments from fines to them being on the sexual offenders register to two years in jail previously they would have had none of that
2: amazing yeah i mean like beyond incredible actually i just want to give you a little round of applause (laughs) but but
1: also i'm sorry that you had to go through what you went through yeah in order for that to happen i'm sorry that that happened to you but I'm glad that you took this situation and did what you've done with it because there's not a lot of people out there that would have the confidence to do what you've done. No,
2: I don't think I would. Really I, nice. I think if it had happened to me, I'd try and forget about it. Do you know I think. What I, mean? I think but yeah. I have, that's the thing I have for
3: so many other things. Yeah. So I totally get that. Like I grew up with, you know, like I used to work in a bar in uni in the, bodyguard these wear stab vests because it was a really not a great part mm. and um the the security guard yeah came up and like when i was like 18 and like lifted my shirt up and was like <gasps> was feeling my chest and was like just checking in not wearing a stab vest and I laughed it off because i was 18 you know get your bum grabbed in bars been shouted out from like i yeah. have laughed it all off and i think it was just the last time i was like i'm sorry i'm not doing this again
2: like yeah. i'm just over doing that i'll just see if i can it was literally like i'll give it a go because i was just angry yeah know? obviously you've got the lawyers involved you've mm. you got the sort of legal team around you so you could because you need to do if you're going to do something like this you've got to do it properly totally haven't you you can't just yeah, sort of be stand outside parliament and charity. I'm not a lawyer it would have been stupid for me to be like I'm going to do write the legislation myself it's like no you're <laughs> yes. not you're an arts
3: major get a lawyer involved who can actually <laughs> yes. do and that and the part.
1: law firm paid for all your legal costs yes pro bono amazing
2: which yeah. is so incredible.
3: incredible people don't even know about that I didn't, I didn't know you could get a lawyer free no no, no 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 that's
2: not what they tell you in the films exactly it's that's a fortune. I said. yeah, an absolute <laughs> fortune. Um, So Jamie Windus was on Wobble last week and I know they've been talking to you about Mm -hmm. their petition, which is going on at the moment to get the way people identify on legal documents changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you've been talking to them about it and something that they said, which I loved, was that to do something like this, you've got to go into spaces that you've never been in before. You've got to go to court, you've got to go to parliament and things like this. And I loved the advice that you'd given them that you stand in front of the mirror before you, you go talk in, and you talk to yourself. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you
3: have to. You go into spaces that a you're not used to being in, and b you're not necessarily welcomed in. And those spaces are almost they're almost created to only really make a certain type of person feel comfortable. And that's me as a white woman going in there feeling like that. So you can imagine what it's like to be anyone from any kind of marginalized community, but. That it's really hard to show up. I found it really hard to show up and be in those spaces and stand my ground when I'm surrounded by, you know, 60, 50 year old men in suits who don't speak the same way I do, don't understand what working class life is like, don't even think I'm work, you know, they're trying to make me feel small and they do.
1: And it, it, I would imagine quite a hetero
2: world.
3: Totally hetero world. Just straight white men. Like, that's it, pretty much. Very, very few women. And the women who are, who are in there are brilliant, but, and also everyone's white. So it's just a very mm. odd space to be in. But yeah, you have to do those things. I Think like we're all well, I was a bit like, Oh, I'm not gonna do daily affirmations, or like oh, that's all bullshit, or whatever. You know, it's actually not like whatever you have to do just to help yourself get through that. I would stand in the toilets in Parliament, look in the mirror, and be like, You know what you're talking about, you know why you're here, you're here for a reason, go in and say these three things. And I would repeat the three things I needed, to, the objectives from that meeting over and over again. I just look in my own eyes because i think we tell ourselves so many messages in our heads but saying it out loud and really getting it in is, is a really positive can be a really positive thing i
2: think yeah. well, well it's, you're, it's you're a huge fan of affirmation i mean we both are huge but, but that's now.
1: positively manifesting and repeating it it becomes true within your brain so yeah. it's like it's almost like revision for yourself totally. you keep reminding yourself you keep putting it in what i'm fascinated by is for me this seems like it should have been done years ago mm. and it seems so obvious that it would be illegal and People should be punished for doing for for upskirting. Yeah. How hard was it to convince people in Parliament? Because as soon as you said what had happened to you, I was like, of course, yes, of course, it's that a no-brainer, like, of course. Like that yeah. makes total sense. What did you have to go through?
3: It was really, it's really complex. I think with, with politics because it, almost, how do I phrase this in a way that is fair, compassionate, understanding, and logic and human logic almost. It does exist there, but it's so le- legislatory. Oh, and so good. Sorry. <laughs> I have a bowel, Carol? <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. It's so legislatory. It's so, like, all legalese and it's so complex. It's, it's really, there's such a process. The, the question was almost never is this the right thing to do every MP I met as a person was like yeah but it was more apart from chope but we ignore that guy (laughs) um but it was more is this something we can do I'm not sure it is we all want to go to parliament and be able there's so many there's millions of things I could sit in a room for nine hours and go this needs change this needs change we need to do this you know but it's how do I make that a priority for them how do I really show them and often agitate them into action because they're doing a million things every day it's not even that they they don't agree with it and they know it's an easy win and they also know it will look good for them if they do it but it's just wasn't. not really feasible right now. You know, got, we're in the middle of Brexit, and you're in the room asking to meet me to check. You know, there's there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so much, so much resource. Getting government time is a nightmare. Getting the government to have their own unique specific time for a one issue is like gold dust in Parliament. So much process, so many um, questions it had to be so strategic and we had to be so well-timed and we had to be asking for the right things at the right time in the right way with only the right people, you know, because just to get anything through there is, is difficult, I think, even just for an MP with a Prime Members Bill, so for, to be me in my, you know, cartoon shirts. Like,
2: it's <laughs> so quite hard. Ha- I mean, how, so how did you do it? Like, like was that all the legal advice to go, it's got to be this person, it's got to be this yes. time? And that agitation that you mentioned, how how did you do it? So I was, my role was media, um, I'm very good at, like,
3: media strategy and I'm very good at getting the public engaged on issues. I was also good at... I I was the human story. was like this person in Parliament who was going like, you need to do this because I'm showing you, here's all the stories from kids. Here's all the... And then Ryan was the logical legislation side, the law side, the strategic political side. Yeah. He knew who to talk to at the right times. Okay, well, we've talked to Labour about it, so now let's go over and talk to... He was all that. And I think that combination was quite different because generally a lot of activists who do incredible work anyway, but they're in groups or they're on their own. And I think it was really complementary, the the power structure of the male lawyer who could find out what they're going to do kind of three steps before they did it. And then the kind of passionate activists together, I think that really worked. But it was literally about going in and convincing MPs one by one to... Support the cause. And we'd already written out all the legislation and we'd already got the big, all the legal authorities in the UK to sign saying we were right about the solution. Yeah. So we were just trying to get them to support this one piece of paper and then table a bill. Okay. So it was getting individuals and then creating basically an army. Did you ever want to give up? Yes, millions of times. Did you? Yes. It was really horrible. The whole thing was really hard.
1: And did you have any sort of backlash?
3: Not really backlash on like the issue, but more just like online abuse. Like just a lot. I've had rape threats for like a year and a half. I'm I do know, know why.
2: That's full on. That's really full that's on. Full yeah, on.
3: really full. It's been re- really hard. And, and ha- how? I mean,
2: how did you deal with that?
3: Um, I started dealing with them. I would try and like educate them. And then it was like that's not going to work. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. stupid. <laughs> and then I did it when I was drunk, and that was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of do this thing where I write a response. Really lame, but I write a response in the box and then I just screenshot it and then I delete it so I feel like I've sent it yeah because I just I can't not
1: respond no yeah. I need
3: to respond but if I do they just get worse and they're awful and I also don't want to give them anything send me a threat of rape or whatever or violent threat and then I reply it's exactly what they want
1: it's so crazy to listen that you've done such a good thing what a world I know totally. what a world you don't deserve that you deserve a bloody flow <laughs> <laughs>
2: we Will get you a flow. Oh my god, that's all I want. You <laughs> deserve a flow, a tutu, go go Gina? Like, it's all of it.
3: I need that, please. That would be so much better. <laughs>
2: Um, we should talk about the book oh I'd love to yay
1: because the book is a toolkit it is in how to be an activist I'm so interested if, if you can give us any nuggets of this because I'm going to use myself as an example yeah so beauty industry didn't really use any other shapes or sizes until really Isle of Paradise came onto the scene gonna say that with pride yeah if I wanted to then take that to Parliament and be like, it needs to be legal that we don't use certain shapes and sizes, yeah. how would one go about that?
3: So it's really interesting, I think, because I get asked this like so much with different campaigns and I'm like, I wish if I wanted, if I was going to help you, I'd have to sit with you in a room for three days and go through it because every campaign is like its own beast. You're going to need to talk to different people about different things. Your strategy is going to be... Wildly different from anything else, even if it's in the same sector, because of timing, because of what the um, objective is. Like, it's just I can't even go A to Z. But there are things that are easy wins, and things that you can do that you need to keep in your head because whatever your um, roadmap is to getting there, you'll need to do these things. For instance, one being in the book, we see time and time again with I think with campaigns that people have the idea for the beginning of the campaign, they start, so they go, okay, I'm gonna. Um, do a, a load of press about an issue, and do an awareness campaign, great. And that's awesome, and awareness is awesome and great. But have you thought four Steps ahead, so why are you doing that awareness campaign? So, who are you going to then take that to, and what do you think they'll do with it, depending on how it exists and where you put the content? I think we work forwards quite a lot. So, Mm -hmm. in the book, I do a big bit about how you need to set the end goal, which could be 14 years, could be three months, and then you strategically work backwards. So, you put the blocks in from backwards to the beginning because then you know you can get there. Mm -hmm. Also, everything from like uh, in the book is like practical stuff writing a press release, like people don't know how to do that, how to find all the contacts to send your press out to. I didn't know that, you would know that because you're brilliant and all that stuff. I had no idea, I I would would have no idea, no.
2: Um, I just hustle. I just, yeah.
1: <laughs> I just That's what the book is. The
3: book <laughs> just says hustle. Jules
2: has seen everyone in their pants, which I really just, helps. <laughs> yeah. I yes. just do
1: face-to-face wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: yeah.
2: good. Um, I think... Activism aside, that having that goal, whatever it is in your life, mm. something that you want to achieve, a change that you want to seek, I think that can be applied, that that um, strategy of starting with a an end goal and strategically plotting well, backwards. Yeah. Because I know Lucy Sheridan, who we love and she's we've great. had a, oh, she's amazing. She's on, she We're just on obsessed. Wobble Series. We mention her whenever <laughs> we can. Aww. Wobble series one, just incredible. She says, when you know what you want and you are here, everything just in between is just problematic solving exactly right which i think you can apply to anything totally and i think we often don't put that end goal out there because
3: often that end goal is far past the line of where we're comfortable with it going yes if i'd gone my end goal is to be in parliament in july 2019 i would have gone that's stupid jean and they're not going to be there that quick and also what who do you think you are you know so it's getting past the fear of being like, I'm putting that there, it might move, it might shift. But if I can put all the problems, like, exactly like Lucy said, if I can solve all these problems in between, then I know, I've got the roadmap already set out to get there. Even if it does shift, I've got a skeleton that I can go by. I think that's something you have to do. I don't, I don't yeah. think, uh, you know, I could have gone, okay, I'm going to do a petition and then been like, what do I do with it? If people yes. sign it?
2: You know. I love, love what you just said about being scared of making that goal like for you going I'm going to change the law for you launching your own tanning Mm -hmm. brand you know those things that we they're sort of like our secret wildest dreams aren't they they feel too much to ask they Mm -hmm. do Mm -hmm. don't they and they're not they're just not and we've got to keep going with those we've got to because if I think if those goals and those get passed to one side we're always going to feel that.
3: Yes, totally. You know? Totally. I think we all have to have that. Also, isn't that what it's about? Like, why else? Be here. Yeah. Have wild dreams you yeah. want to do and stupid things that you don't even think you're worried you can't achieve. Like, that's the point of life. Like, go and try. Yes. It's the fun is in trying. You know? And yes. what's the
1: worst that can happen? You fail. Yes. Like, I that's mean, it. You're, just you're exactly not dying. Like your word. Like... Nothing's got worse. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah totally. Failure has, I, I think failure has not become such a dirty word yeah. just yeah. in the last sort of few years. I think that failure was always like, oh my God, you don't want to fail. Like yeah how embarrassing what will people say well if you get this chance you'll never get a chance again you know and these... we know
1: where that comes from don't we the generation above yes. don't fail what will people think so well
2: that's true. it all of that but i do think we're reclaiming it we i are, think yeah. that word is and getting reclaimed so yeah which is the idea that yeah you can fail because you tried that's amazing and what did you learn and oh, sorry i just <laughs> i just just
3: gesticulated wildly i was like i just sort of mean the other day it's really good about this it said people are scared of starting over again starting over again isn't starting from scratch starting over again is starting from experience
2: yeah lovely so that's so true yes
1: but I don't believe in mistakes it's learning curves absolutely
2: and there's so many amazing stories about entrepreneurs and people who've done incredible things that failed so hugely like so massively before they got anywhere near anything that looked like success exactly yeah totally when's the book out Gina yay it's on June 13th woo and you're
1: doing a book tour I feel like you're going everywhere
3: Oh my god! Apparently not. People are very upset. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> oh. I had to put a thing up being like, it, <laughs>
4: "Calm down." <I'm> not,
3: <laughs> no, Buckner. I'm not Sting. I don't get to choose and do a 50 million date tour. But um, yes, going out with the book, going to Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol. Obviously in London, we're going to be into other places as well after launch, but. Um, basically I really want to facilitate conversations with activists from those cities. Could be a kid who's doing something really interesting, Amika George who's brilliant who's doing London with me and just like really get to the kind of base level of like how you can start or bring about that in you if you don't, because a lot of people, because activists is just a person who tried a thing. That's literally what an activist is. We talk about activists like activists, remarkable people. They're not remarkable people. They're just people who pushed hard and didn't stop. That's literally all it is. How do we get to getting practical knowledge from these activists who have actually done amazing things? Because I think... There's a quote my friend always says, which is like, when we say like "go girl" often at events, I'm like, yes, go girl, but I'm already going, girl. And I still don't know what to do. <laughs> 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 <You
2: know>? <laughs> <So> <laughs> Keep. Going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah I,
3: I Keep don't know what to do, I'm here. Like, so practical advice, really like teaching people how they've done what they've done. Fantastic. And hopefully people come away with an action they can do, they'll make the world a bit better So place.
2: should people contact you before they're gonna come? I'd love that.
3: Contact me always, yeah. People, you can buy tickets um, from my Instagram, um, and from Twitter as well. We'll be putting a lot more stuff out um, in the next couple of weeks about it. Yeah, they're all at Waterstones, and you can buy them from the Waterstones um, websites as well. But it's just really, I just really wanna have positive conversations, you know, in these rooms, and get people excited about the idea it It can be like just changing something in your school or it can be in your community. It doesn't have to be Parliament. The book is not written about changing the law. The book is how to change even from consumer spending all the way up to Parliament. You know, it's every level just want people to really believe they can do that because I don't think it's helpful for me to stand up here as some like oh yes I changed a law, remarkable it's like no I was really horrific and I just really tried (laughs) and I learned along the way that's literally how I did it.
1: Gina we always ask every guest who comes on Wobble what is it in life that makes you wobble?
3: I'm really bad with organisation and I get really stressed out with the fact that I'm not going to be able to deliver something to a perfect quality. It's basically letting people down. If I let people down in any way, if I don't supply the best of my work, if I don't make the birthday party the best party ever, if I don't if I if I feel like I've not done the best for someone that I care about. I get very upset and letting people down in some way. I really the worst thing is the idea that someone would be disappointed in me. That like even now saying it makes me want to cry. Right. Like I get really worried that the people I love would be like, oh she wasn't there for me or she didn't do this. That really upsets me. So I wobble if I don't do my best. I wobble, which is probably a not a good thing. <laughs>
2: well, there's, a, there's potentially a perfection drama. Yes. There isn't there, which can be really frightening.
3: And if it affects people, I don't care. The funny thing is, is if I mess up on my own terms and it's only me that has to deal with that, I really don't care. I'm like, oh, I'm a human, I did my best. But if I let other people down i get really upset yeah making that makes me wobble
1: quite a creative brain yeah doing that like um i read a book um it was like basically a coping mechanism if you are creative through life and it just absolutely changed the, my whole outlook wow. on my day to day because it says in the book that our creative brains create things and we have ideas yeah. and we're all really happy and we like like making things. Yeah. And when things don't go our way, that's when all the self hatred starts. And it's actually we're not bad people. No. We're just creatives. Yeah. And like that's a thing. That's
2: really interesting. I'd really like to read that.
1: I'll send you the link and we'll put it in the description yes, below. Absolutely. It is an incredible, yeah. incredible book. Okay. I
2: think we also love people. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think you know, I think if you There's a lot of humanity in that, actually, about not wanting to let people down. Yeah. I think it's just because you like people. I think that
3: makes sense for me because my relationships are kind of everything. I
2: honestly could... You could take my work away.
3: You could take anything. Like, my friends and my family, that's the most just sacred thing in my life. So I think... Relationships and being there for people like that's probably why I feel like that that's yeah. probably why that's my thing because they are my family and friends are
2: my thing you know yeah. which they should be yeah. do you know what I mean God, they absolutely so if well. you're going to choose something it may as well be that, that. <laughs> yeah totally um, Gina what an absolute honour what a joy I feel like thanks we'll get, for having we'll me we'll put you an on a incredible,
1: float incredible incredible <laughs> chat I've, I've loved yes. it yes
2: oh you guys are the best Gina is an amazing example of somebody who had a horrible experience Mm. and could have left it there easily and just gone do you know what I'm just going to forget that that ever happened to me and she has had to retell it so many times to get her point across she's had to listen to other people who have had it happen to them she's had to go through it again and again and again in that way and what a positive huge amazing thing to come out of it
1: it was very raw when Gina was telling us the story like and I know she won't mind us saying that like she had tears in her eyes when she was telling us about the moment where the picture was taken, to take it from that rawness and that horrible experience and then put all of that angst and channel it down the funnel and into energy and make it into a positive thing that she has lobbied for and been to Parliament and had to stand there as a creative woman in a room that is not really identifying with what she's about. That's so difficult. And she just deserves like a medal of action Accolade. Yes. Like, I hope she gets an MBE for doing <laughs> yeah. what she's done. I hope she deserves it. Like, it's inspiring. Yeah. And I think the conversation with her, there's so many incredible bits of wisdom and advice. And I think her book tour, if you are in the areas where her book tour is, go down and meet Gina. Go on your own. It doesn't matter. Like, just get a bit of Gina's energy because, yeah. God, it's good.
2: Gina, thank you so much for being on Wobble. Just what an inc- It's one of those episodes we say this all the time on Wobble. I will listen to that episode again and again because there's so many things, there's so many things she says and the way she speaks and the way she expresses herself is just so brilliant. So Gina, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're almost at the end of Series 3 we've got a very very special episode for you which will be out next Wednesday and it will be The Wobble Live right which is happening Um, it's happening in association with Olivia Burton it is Mental Health Awareness week next week so we're going to do that in honour of that amazing guests we're really looking forward to it so yes it'd be lovely to have you there Uh, please do like and subscribe don't forget three whole series of Wobble to go and dive back into and to get some little nuggets out of as well and we will see you next week for a very special episode of wobble